Hey, Cornerstone family, it's February the 18th, and this is the second day of our Read by Easter journey together. I hope you all are enjoying adding this to your rhythm of life, this daily worship, this daily scripture, uh, this daily uh, this daily prayer. And so I just want to take a minute today and read a passage of scripture that if you haven't read it already, you will read it today as a part of your reading. It's a very familiar story from Mark chapter 6, beginning in verse 30. I'm reading from the message. It says this, The apostles then rendezvoused with Jesus and reported on all they had done and taught. Jesus said, come off by yourselves. Let's take a break and get a little rest. For there was constant coming and going. They didn't even have time to eat. So they got in the boat and went off to a remote place by themselves. Someone saw them going and the word got around from the surrounding towns. People went out on foot running and got there ahead of them. When Jesus arrived, he saw this huge crowd at the sight of them. His heart broke like sheep with no shepherd they were. He went right to work teaching them. When the disciples thought this had gone on long enough, it was quite late in the day, they interrupted, we're a long way out in the country and it's very late. Pronounce a benediction and send these folks off so they can get some supper. Jesus said, you do it. Fix supper for them. They replied, are you serious? You want us to go and spend a fortune on food for their supper? But he was quite serious. How many loaves of bread do you have? Take an inventory. That didn't take long. Five, they said, plus two fish. Jesus got them all to sit down in groups of 50 or 100. They looked like a patchwork quilt of wildflowers spread out on the green grass. He took the five loaves and two fish, lifted his face to heaven in prayer, blessed, broke, and gave the bread to the disciples. And the disciples, in turn, gave it to the people. He did the same with the fish, and they all ate their fill. The disciples gathered 12 baskets of leftovers, more than 5,000 were at supper. I want you to notice just a couple of things about this story. The first is that the disciples start out the story hungry. They've been coming and going, and the Bible says they haven't even had time to eat. They've been so busy with ministry, with all of the things that they're doing, and the preaching, and the healing, and all of those things. And so the disciples start out the trip hungry, and they get in their boat, and they're going across the, the Sea of Galilee to get to a private place so they can have a break. And somebody on the shore sees them and word passes from one town to the next as people begin to run. And by the time they land on the shore, the disciples and Jesus in their boat, there's already thousands of people on this shoreline where they were supposed to be getting a break. And the Bible tells us that Jesus's heart broke for them. It's an image that we often see in the Old Testament when Israel was leaderless. Uh, the Bible calls them sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus begins to teach them and talk to them about the kingdom of God. And it gets late enough in the day that the disciples that were already hungry to begin with, by this point in the story, they're, they're hangry, like they're, they're hungry and angry. And they're like, Jesus, send them home. Like they need to go get something to eat and we're starving. And Jesus says, you feed them. And the disciples have done the math. There's 5,000 men. The story tells us there certainly were women and children. They just weren't counted in this count. So there might've been 12 or 15,000 people in this crowd. And the disciples have done the math of how many years income it would take to feed all these people. And they're like, Jesus, you're crazy. We don't have that much money. We don't have that much food. We can't provide for them. And Jesus says, what do you have? And they say, we have five loaves and two fishes. And I don't know about you, but I can kind of sympathize with the disciples here because there's many times in my life when Jesus has asked me to give, give my time, give my resources, give my money. And I look at what I have and, and I want to argue with God and say, I don't have enough. And the disciples are arguing with Jesus saying, we don't have enough. And Jesus says, just make everybody sit down. And it's not lost on me that uh, Mark tells us that the grass is green. And that's a detail that could be missed. 
But if you know anything about Israel and their climate, the grass is only green around the Sea of Galilee for a few weeks in the spring because it's dry. And so after the spring, it dries up and it's brown and, 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 and sort of sort of dirty and dusty. But for a few weeks in the spring, it's beautiful and green. And this would have placed it around the time of Passover. Now, if you studied Passover or you've been in church more than a minute, you know that Passover celebrates the exodus of the children of Israel out of Egypt, the time that they were they were delivered out of slavery in Egypt into the promised land. And I told you yesterday that Mark's gospel is a journey of a new exodus. It is all of us coming out of our slavery to sin into this new kingdom of God, into the promised land of Jesus's kingdom that he's inaugurating in his ministry. And so it's not lost on us that it's around Passover time and Jesus begins to pray over the bread. And you'll remember that at Passover, bread is a significant part of the Passover ceremony. It's been translated over into the the Christian world when we celebrate the Last Supper as Jesus was celebrating a Passover meal with his disciples and he redefines the bread and the cup uh, to be symbolic of his body and his blood. So it's not lost on us that Jesus is praying over the bread. It wouldn't have been lost on anyone in the crowd that Jesus is praying over the bread and that this is some sort of new thing, but it's also referencing some old thing, this bread, this unleavened bread that that they all celebrate when they came out of Egypt in the first Exodus. And so they begin to distribute the bread and the fish And there's so much left that they gather up 12 baskets of leftovers after Jesus feeds 5,000 men, maybe 12 or 15,000 people. Now, remember, this story in Mark is being recorded just a few years later, and there would have been people alive who were there that day. And so this is one of those stories that we're pretty confident happened. This is not some made up story because there would have been too many people to dispute. No, that didn't happen. I was there that day. That's made up. And so it would be, it's really more logical to believe that Jesus actually did this than to think that the disciples made it up and 5,000 or 15,000 people went along with this made up story. So we really believe Jesus miraculously multiplied these loaves and fish, but it wasn't just about curing people's hunger. It wasn't wasn't just about feeding people one meal. And and I want to read to you from N.T. Wright because he says something beautiful about this passage. He says, what we are seeing here is a sign of new creation. Something was going on there in Jesus' public career, which was unleashing an explosive force into the world. It wasn't what we or they would call magic, the manipulation of the natural world to suit one's own ends. It was the power of a totally obedient life, a life given up to the kingdom of God, to God's sovereign and saving, rule-breaking in at last to a world for so long under enemy occupation. We are probably meant to make a connection between Jesus's compassion for the crowds and his action with the bread and the fish. God's kingdom is not simply a matter of power, but also of overflowing love. And the two here go inextricably together. And I want to call your mind to the words of Jesus to his disciples. They saw a need and Jesus said to them, you do it. And they said, we don't have enough. And Jesus says, I'll take what you have and I will make it enough. And that's been the story of Cornerstone. Throughout our history, we've given almost $5 million to missions. We've never had $5 million. But you know what? Jesus has taken what we had and he's made it enough. 
So I want to challenge you. What is the need that you see in your life today? What is the challenge that you see you before you? What are, who are the hungry people that you see in your life? Take what you have. Ask Jesus to bless it and make it enough and ask Jesus to use that, not just to feed someone, not just to rescue someone from sexual slavery, not just to bless someone's life, but to use it as a sign of the new creation, to use it as the sign of this new exodus where we're all being led out of our life of slavery to sin into the kingdom of God that was inaugurated in Jesus. Use what you have for the kingdom and Jesus will bless it. So can I pray for you today? Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you take what we have, even though we know it's not enough. It's like five loaves and two fish trying to feed 15,000 people. We know we don't have enough. We know we will never be enough. But Jesus, we thank you that with you, what we have is enough to meet a need that we see and to bless people, not just to bless people, but to remind people of your kingdom, that your kingdom is better than the kingdom of this world. It's not broken like this kingdom that's under enemy occupation. We thank you that you will always take what we willingly offer up and you will bless it and you will multiply it and you will make it enough to meet the need. So use us, Jesus, as we see needs around us, as we see those around us that are hurting, use us to meet those needs. We thank you for it. Thank you for Cornerstone. Thank you for our church family. Thank you for the fact that you've used us. You've used the, the loaves and the fishes that we've had in our hands to do incredible things that we could never imagine. We thank you for it today. I pray you'd bless everyone within, within the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow.